So my friends, today we come to our um, fourth week and probably the last week in this progression of looking at vocation and um, grace and our mission in the church, beginning with the baptism of the Lord, considering our own baptism, then looking at our, our personal relationship with the Lord and that invitation to come and see. Last week, reflecting upon those who are called upon to leave the world, particularly looking at the priesthood. And then today, we consider on account of our second reading, this aspect of the vocation um, for celibacy for the sake of the kingdom. Celibacy for the sake of the kingdom, which is a very distinguishing aspect of the priesthood in the Latin Rite Church, uh, but also of men and women religious, and a number of lay men and women who embrace apostolic celibacy living in the midst of the world. Um, that celibacy for the sake of the kingdom is about freedom for the apostolate and having a heart totally given over to God um, but, and having that availability, that freedom. Apostolic celibacy is not about greater dedication. Remember I said that last week. It's not about being more dedicated. We all should be equally dedicated to the spread of the gospel and living the life of grace. Rather, apostolic celibacy is about giving oneself with a greater freedom or availability um, to be able to spread the gospel. Archbishop Blair could call me tomorrow, I hope he doesn't, but he could call me tomorrow and say that he needs me to move to some other parish in another part of the archdiocese um, because of some need there. And in reality, I could probably pack up my stuff in my house within a day, or within my house, within the rectory, it's not even my house, right, within the rectory, and move and be there by the end of the day tomorrow or uh, Tuesday, right? That, that freedom, I, I have no anticipation that he will do that. And I, again, I hope he doesn't. But if he does, it could happen. There's that freedom. There's that availability because of apostolic celibacy. That's not about quitting jobs and moving a family and changing school districts and all of that. Now, very important to say as we look at this, that this does not mean that marriage is bad. Here's the problem. Some people say that the way that the church teaches about celibacy means that marriage is either bad or second rate or whatever. That, you know, married people living in the world can't be as holy or even holier than a lot of our priests. That's not true. Marriage isn't bad, right? I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for, for the married love of my parents. Uh, marriage isn't bad. Uh, marriage, though, brings with it uh, a number of obligations, commitments, and responsibilities, which are right and just in their state. So, for example, um, my sister, who um, gave birth to my nephew last week, Colton, apparently I, I mentioned him last week but didn't say his name, so Colton, baby Colton, notice he's not here today. Um, an eight-day-old uh, baby in single-digit weather in a pandemic, maybe it's not the smartest thing to bring him to Mass today. And therefore, my sister and brother-in-law also aren't here. And that's an obligation. That, that's a, a reasonable thing. And that's okay, right? Or taking care of a sick child or a sick spouse or things like that. Um, you know, it's not like, oh, my, my kid's throwing up, but I got to go do my time of prayer. So good luck with that, right? No, within marriage, that would actually be wrong. That would be a disorder within marriage. Within marriage, caring for one's spouse and one's children is important. It's, it's required. So celibacy isn't saying marriage is bad. Rather, what apostolic celibacy gives is a certain freedom and availability. Um, and we'll get back to that in a minute. But our Lord, it's important to look at the reasons for celibacy 
and why celibacy is um, embraced or should be embraced. In another part of the scriptures, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 19, our Lord talks about the three different reasons why people live a celibate life. Um, he uses the word our eunuchs, but he's talking about living celibacy, right? And what he says is there's thou, some who live this from birth, some who live it um, are made so by men, and some who live it for the sake of the kingdom. Those who live celibacy from birth are people who maybe just for one reason or another um, aren't going to get married in their life. It's no one's conscious choice even. It's no one's fault. They're just, they're just not going to get married. They're not going to have a family that's not um, in the cards for them. Uh, and that's okay. It's no one's fault. The thing is, we shouldn't see priestly celibacy or any kind of apostolic celibacy as that. As if, you know, when I get a call for the vocation office, it's like, hey, Father Casey, all the girls I wanted to date broke up with me, so I think I'll be a priest, right? Like, that doesn't work. That's not um, embracing a gift of apostolic celibacy. That's rather saying this is a, a last resort. This is made, you know, by... Um, from birth. It's no, it's no one's conscious choice. There's a number of people who it's not their conscious choice. They just never settle down and get married. They never really want to get married. Okay, um, that, that happens. Uh, and so from birth, that's not the celibacy we're talking about with apostolic celibacy. It could lead to apostolic celibacy, but it's not in and of itself apostolic celibacy. Second, those who are made uh, celibate uh, by the will of men. Right. And that, again, I think this is what a lot of people think the celibacy of priests and religious is, which is namely, I live a celibate life because Archbishop Blair told me to. And look, you don't really like that's that doesn't happen. I know priests who live like that. And that's um, let me tell you, men who enter the seminary or priests who live the priesthood is like celibacy is something imposed upon me by the church. They are miserable. They're terribly unhappy being made celibate by the will of men because somebody tells me to. Someone forces it upon me. That is not apostolic celibacy. But I think that's how many times we view our priests, even subconsciously, that this was something that was imposed so that someone could be a priest. It was imposed upon them that they would live a celibate life. That's not apostolic celibacy, but rather this third type, those who um, embrace celibacy, choose it for the sake of the kingdom, for the building up of the kingdom of God. That's apostolic celibacy, to choose it and to embrace it, not as a rejection of marriage, not because marriage is bad, but rather out of love for God, to give oneself totally, to give the gift of one's human sexuality totally to God. Um, to give a heart undivided, totally given over to the things of God with total availability to the spreading of the gospel. A generous gift to become a priest. Again, it's not a last resort. It's not we'll take the scrapings off the bottom of the barrel of whoever comes our way. Priesthood, there's the, it requires this generous gift, not an imposition, but a gift. St. Paul says in that second reading, I'm telling you this for your own benefit, not to impose a restraint upon you, uh, that that's what, it's not a restraint. It's not imposed. Rather, it's a generous gift of self. It's an embracing of a celibate life um, to be totally available for the spreading of the gospel, totally available for the sanctification of our brothers and sisters in Christ. So now what that affects in the priesthood is that when we consider now particularly not just religious life and those who live apostolic celibacy in the lay state, but with the priesthood in particular, this means that our priests 
have total availability for the people of their parish, for their sanctification. Look, priests who embrace apostolic celibacy are not supposed to be bachelors, right? Father Casey, the almost 34-year-old bachelor, living in the bachelor pad next door, paid for by the parish, um, and that's, that's my life, you know, with my... 10-foot TV, which, no, my TV is about the size of this pulpit, um, like, width-wise. Um, no, like, that's, priests aren't, and I know priests who, again, sadly, live type of bachelor life, where it's, I'll go where I want, I'll take expensive vacations, drive a flashy car, um, I'll do all the, I have no response, I'll go to bed when I want, I won't worry about my personal hygiene. Uh, that's not apostolic celibacy, and that's not spiritual fatherhood. Rather, we, it's celibacy as a freedom for a gift of self, to totally give oneself and be available for the upbuilding of the kingdom. You should know, the people of St. Francis Parish, that since just about three years ago, February 6, 2018, so I'm coming up on my third anniversary as pastor of St. Francis, and from that day, there has been no human person who has had a greater claim to my time, attention, love, and prayers than you. That that's what this is. My life is given for your holiness, not for my own, not so I can live a bachelor-type life. Rather, you call me father, right? That's a relationship. It's meant that I'm, I have this relationship uh, because of that heart given in apostolic celibacy and spiritual fatherhood. There's nobody who has a greater claim on my time, my attention, my efforts, my prayers, my love. That's what a father is for a parish. Just last week, when, when my sister gave birth to my nephew, and I was over at my parents' house, just hanging out with them, a good family day, and then I got a call in the like, middle of the day um, that there was somebody dying in the nursing home who needed to be anointed. And it's like, there's no question about like, well, you know, I'm spend time with my family. Like, no, this is what I'm ordained for. This is what I'm a pastor for, to go, to bring the sacraments to our people, to be here and support our people. And so this is what um, apostolic celibacy frees our priests for. And so we should be demanding of our priests. We should um, want them to be good spiritual fathers. We should see and value their apostolic celibacy. We should affirm it. We should defend it. Um, that, that should be an aspect of the priesthood that we don't want to lose. Calling our priests on to a generous gift of self um, in that they've given their hearts entirely to the Lord so that they can be anxious about building up God's people, be totally available for that. Um, as we consider these things, it's good today to look to the model of apostolic celibacy, a model of apostolic celibacy, which is St. Joseph. We're in the year of St. Joseph right now, and that we, um, today actually begins the seven Sundays devotion to St. Joseph, where for seven Sundays we can look to St. Joseph and reflect upon his joys and sorrows in anticipation of his feast day on March 19th. Uh, so we should look to St. Joseph, who lived a celibate life. Uh, um, not venerable Fulton Sheen said that he doesn't like depictions of St. Joseph as like some kind of old, really, really old guy who somehow like was basically the end of his life when he married Our Lady, which would explain their chaste relationship. But no, like Joseph, a young, lively, vigorous man um, who gives himself entirely in this relationship, even within marriage to Our Lady and being the father of our Lord, um, but living that celibate life 
that he lived celibacy in a um, way that you could see the physical effects of him physically caring for God and for Our Lady, totally. So we should ask St. Joseph and look to him as a model of apostolic celibacy to teach us um, that, that role of the celibate heart. Um, and to, we should pray through the intercession of St. Joseph, particularly for our priests, that any, um, and all those in the celibate life, that any who have seen the celibate life as an imposition or as a bachelor lifestyle may be cured of that, um, that misunderstanding and may embrace rather the generous gift of self. Today, with these words from St. Paul, reflecting upon celibacy for the sake of the kingdom, it's important that we rightly understand this and its role, this beautiful gift and heritage in our church. And so we pray, uh, particularly today through the intercession of St. Joseph, um, for those who embrace the vocation to apostolic celibacy, and that many more may see this not as a burden, but as a, a generous gift and embrace uh, celibacy for the sake of the kingdom, for total availability to the building up of God's church.